There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of In My Truth. I am sitting on my lounge room floor with my best mate, Liam, and I'm very excited to finally have him on the show. He's kind of probably infamous by now. You've been mentioned on a couple of past episodes, one with Joe Hodson and one with Natasha. So yeah, good to have you on the show. Um, glass of wine in hand. If you hear Liam pouring wine, that's what he's doing. The only requisite I have, Liam, my friend, is please no jokes that I don't get. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of rules out every joke, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know if I can actually uh, sign up for that. <laughs> I was going to do a disclaimer, actually. <laughs> that's the running the running joke between us, is that I don't get jokes. Do I even get our running joke? Um, <laughs> no, but you do laugh, so you know, that's heartening when you do laugh. <laughs> All right. Okay, Liam, tell us a little bit about you and who you are and what you do. Um, so my name's Liam Gordon. Um, Sarah and I, uh, in case you haven't got that yet, we went to high school together, so we've known each other for 25 years, which is pretty crazy to imagine even. Um, and we're still as close as ever, if not closer. Um, I grew up in Brisbane, Australia. Um, I started my business career by starting my painting business, which I owned in Brisbane, um, called Pro Painting Solutions. So I had that for 10 years, which was a hell of a journey, but I was well and truly burnt out and over it by the end, which was about 2000. And 
probably the start of 2018. So I planned to go on a bit of a sabbatical on a journey, which began with um, attending Burning Man Festival last year. And it was just, I couldn't have asked for a better way to start a sabbatical. It was just an amazing experience all around. And I met some amazing people who I call my dear friends now. So and, cool. Yeah. And I'm just about to attend my second Burning Man. It's great. I can't even believe that it. it's been a year since that. A lot has happened in the last year. Happened, yeah, <laughs> for both of us it together. Was, it was not long after Burning Man that we were in Byron Bay in Australia lamenting over what we were going to do next and how we both wanted to be in the US. And I guess, yeah, pretty cool. Here we are. We made a company. and It was pretty funny, I think, because I think I'd said, just don't tell anyone, but I've uh, applied in the green card lottery. And you <laughs> went, yeah, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't fucking get it though, did we? <laughs> no, we did get the visas. We did, yes. We're so. here. We're here in the United States. We're in Colorado on my lounge room floor. Very fucking cool. All right. So what is your untruth that you want to dive into today? Uh, okay. My untruth, uh, the, the burning thing for me at the moment, um, and I guess we kind of alluded to um, everything new that's happening at the moment, pretty much everything in our lives, my life is brand new at the moment. So it's, it's, uh, it's causing me a bit of overwhelm and, and self self doubt, which is something I have battled with for most of my life. But as you sort of do things longer, you, you know, you, you get over that and you get comfortable in what you're doing. But at the moment I'm very much out of my comfort zone, mm. struggling a little bit with, um, self belief in what I'm doing. Yeah. And how is it like affecting you? Like, how's it coming up for you? So my, um, it's funny. I um, think things that can trigger, it can be anything like it can be, I can be going okay. And then something that's completely unrelated in my life. Like recently I had this issue with, with a girl that I was interested in and it kind of broke down and that, that, you know, started me on the negative thought train and the self doubt that led into every other thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and my default reaction is just to shut down and stick my head in the sand. And I just, I feel like I can't do anything when I'm in that, in that headspace. And just is, it's like a loop just keeps on going in your head and, you know, I always get out of it, but sometimes it does take a couple of days mm. of, you know, just sort of sitting back with it, sitting with it and processing it all. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a frustrating thing. And I, I it stems way, way back to my childhood with my father, the way he treated me. And so basically I was, I was a, a soccer player from when I was seven years old and I was, I was pretty good. I, you know, I played at a very high level for periods of my life. Um, but from a young age, didn't matter how well I played, my dad would, he would um, just find a way, find something wrong with my game mm. to the point where it was like, you know, in the car rides home ever after every single game, which is horrible. Like to the point where dad would just badger me and badger me until mum stepped in and said, that's enough. Let's just leave it, you know? And I don't think I realized the effect it had on me till my sort of teen years when I went through that teen angst period mm. and started to manifest. When we were emo. When we were emos. And, yeah. Before emo was even invented. It was grunge back then. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually yeah. dress the same. I dress like a boy. <laughs> yeah, nothing much has changed there. Still <laughs> listen on. to the same music. Yeah, that's true. Well, you probably dress a bit better. <laughs> I think I dress a bit better than I did when we were 16. <laughs> Um, is the voice like, is the negative self-talk, does it sound like your dad? Um, I don't really know. Cause it's been so long. It's just the same. It's not even necessarily a voice. It's just, I guess maybe it is. It's just that, you know, who are you to be doing this? You know, mm. just kind of that feeling of waiting for someone to tap you on the shoulder and, and tell you, 
come on, time to go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not meant to be here. Like that imposter kind of. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah. So um, it's yeah, it's a recurring theme across my life, and it's 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 manifested, I guess, in some positive ways as well because it's made me want to be liked, like really. And we've talked about this. Yeah. I think you're very much the same. We want to be liked by people. So I, I really work hard on my friendships. Yeah. And it has, you know, it's created some amazing friendships. And my friends are really my family in my life. So I'm very lucky for that, I guess. But yeah, when it comes to doing anything where I don't have anyone else's input and it's just me uh, making the decision or and, and if it's new and something I haven't done before, I really struggle sometimes depending on my mood or my mindset to believe that it's the right choice, mm. that I could make the right choice without someone else telling me what to do. It's interesting. Last night we had our other good friends, Megan and Rose, staying over here and um, love to dissect the shit out of everything with, <laughs> yeah. with my girlfriends and with you and just analyze and question. I'm endlessly curious about why I am the way I am, why I do the things I do. But last night something really quite significant came up for me and it was I am like this and I'm always digging and delving into it, but I do it from a place of like, there's something wrong with me that it's not right. And mm. I realize like I have all this negative talk about that. And it's like so stupid because I actually think it's a great thing that I want to figure things out and get to the bottom of it. Also, it's just me. Like mm. I've always been like this and you know, there are times in life where I'm busier and I'm not as focused on it. And there are times in life right now where I'm really thinking about it. Um, well, that's how it feels right now. I think if, I think if I really could like just randomly go back on any day of my life, I probably have been the same the whole way. Like I love just trying to figure out and analyze what's going on for me. But I really saw it last night that I'm coming at it from this like negative viewpoint like in my mind. Thing. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a bad thing. Like everything I'm trying to figure out is something wrong with me versus just something about me. Mm. Yeah, just accepting it as a thing rather than a bad thing or a good thing. Yeah, like it yeah. just is. It's like why? Trade and, a, and a, something that is is you as who you are. Yeah, like I'm trying to get over this breakup, and I keep saying to myself, like, God, what's wrong with you? Like, why can't you just move on? Like, yeah. And I keep angling it and trying to think about ways to just move past it, and just you know, I'm doing all this work to try to like get past it. But the underlying message that I heard last night in myself was that for some reason it's wrong that I'm not able to get over it quickly enough or whatever I'm doing to process it, whatever I'm doing to move past it is because there's something wrong with me versus just breaking up sucks. And it's just a fucking process. <laughs> it is a like, process yeah. That's, that is the thing. Right. And it, I think it's just the frustration that you, you know, it's a process and you know all these things, but you just, because we're like, um, people that like to look forward and just, you know, um, start new things and do new things we get annoyed because we're looking into the past and we yeah. don't want to be, Yeah, but we just have to, I guess, yeah, you have to accept that it is part of the process and, and find a way to, to be okay with it or to be calm with it. Cause, yeah. yeah. And I think the reality is like, I can't very well let things go until I understand them. Like that's mm. me. I'm always trying to make sense. Understand like, yeah, make sense of something, understand the gain clarity around it, like understand what it was, why it happened, how it happened the way it was, what am I learning from it? How have I grown? I kind of like, I need that because otherwise I feel like it's just a big fat waste of everything. So I want to use everything in my yeah. life as an experience to grow and to become, you know, a more well-rounded human or to add to my humanness or whatever. Yeah. So I need to understand it. And I think that's 
my reality and saying it out loud now, I'm like, it's actually kind of cool. Like it that's is, actually yeah. a cool thing that I want to understand this relationship so deeply, how it impacted me, what it brought out in me, the good, the bad, the ugly, so that I can learn from that and grow and not necessarily repeat the things that were painful and hurtful mm. because one of my biggest things that I hate in life and we all have it, but I hate, the hamster wheel. I hate being on this like repeating patterns, whether it's mm. any area of life. I just, I yeah. can't handle it. And there's only so long until I've got to jump off that hamster wheel, yeah. but I want to jump off with the lessons, not just jump off and hop onto another one. Yeah, that's right. You need, you do need to sit with it and, and reflect on it and, and let it sort of marinate in your head while it, you know, while it settles down because the opinion that you have of, at the start of, of one of these things where something happens initially can be totally different to how you, how you think and feel about it. 12 months later yeah. or even, even a week later, like any, you know, any period of time that you have, have to sit with it, it can be the, almost the opposite. I've, I've felt the opposite sometimes. I know. That's so fucking weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it is. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I was like yeah, worked what, up about that. What was I like, thinking? <laughs> I know. And it's, I guess it's all the different parts of your brain working together to, to give you all these. The brain is an amazing tool, but it also is fucking annoying sometimes. It keeps me up at night, my brain. It does. <laughs> Wakes me oh, up in the morning. man, I just want to switch it off. If only we could do that. Meditation. Yeah. <laughs> um, You've been doing your sleep meditations. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's been good. It's been helpful. It's, it's, I'm, doing, I'm doing all the right things, but it's still there. And I wrote, we spoke about this earlier, but I wrote in my journal. And it's also a frustration because I'm incredibly aware of where this is all coming from what I need to do to get out of it, <laughs> but it's still there. You're still on the hamster up. wheel. I'm it on the hamster wheel, up. yeah. And it's exacerbated at the moment because, um, and I guess this is maybe even some kind of irony, is that the person that has caused this the most in my life is, um, is very sick at the moment, my dad, and that is causing me probably, that's the root of my, apart from all the newness and everything, that's, that's a big factor, but my dad's quite ill with dementia and that is actually causing me a lot of stress and I'm heading back to Australia in a few weeks after Burning Man to, um, to spend some time with, with him and mum and just be there because he probably doesn't have in reality very mm. long left. So ironically it's uh, it's sort of coming full circle in, in a way. How does it make you feel at the moment like to be living with, you know, the frustration and the pain of how your dad treated you? Cause you're super aware of that now and you've spent time looking at it. And funny thing is I don't have a lot of, I, I don't have any anger or frustration towards him anymore. I carried that for a very long time. Is that since he's been sick or since he's been sick? Yeah. That it was, helped you it kind was of. quite amazing. Um, the instant calm and empathy that came over me when I saw that he was, he was going, you know, he, was, mm. he turned and he's, he's taken a very, it's quite a, quite a rapid decline that he's had in probably two years. He's gone from, just being seeming a bit, a bit forgetful to mm. he doesn't know who any of us are anymore. So it's, yeah, it's, it's confronting and it's, yeah, it just sucks. That's, that's all I could say about it. But I, I feel lucky that, yeah, I don't have that anger towards him anymore. It's just, it's more concern for, for my mum's welfare. Um, and I guess just wanting to support her and spend, even though he won't know who, he, who the hell I am, spend what little time he's got left as much as I can with him. Mm, yeah, it's fucking hard. Yeah. Something that happened to me with like figuring through my childhood stuff was getting to this place of like forgiveness and acceptance and calm. And that was very, took me very, very long way toward peace in relation to what had happened when my dad left us when we were little things like that. 
But then last year when I had my breakdown, it was like, oh, fuck, like I get it all from a human logical perspective and I forgive Mm. and it's okay. But like the pain was still there. The pain of that like 10-year-old girl hadn't been healed. It cuts deep, doesn't it? It And it's just it's like a a wound that never really heals. It's Mm. always sort of ready to be just opened up a little bit by triggered by something to be opened up again. Yeah. You said it triggers. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just curious. I'm curious to myself about where my negative self-talk has come from now. Cause I definitely, this is a new insight for me. That's just come up last night and this morning where I'm like, Oh my God, like why am I negative in my mind toward myself? And I don't have that thing to pin it to like mm. what you've explained on your side, which I feel that, knowing it is also like, that's what I need to look for now and understand, but knowing it is like, then you can do some more healing work to kind of, you know, inner child healing work through meditation or through a guided healer to kind of go back to some of those moments in your life where you were in the car and it felt most painful. And it can be, I've I've done some of that and it's been really powerful, but I'm trying to figure out for myself, like where did this negative self-talk come from? And is it just, I know that as a child with my asthma and being sick and stuff, I always felt like I, like I wasn't quite the same as all the other kids. I was a bit less than I wasn't. Mm. And then I certainly, that's, that's the same feeling you have when, it when is. you have that negative mm. self talk is that everyone else knows better than you. Everyone's better than you and you, yeah. <laughs> you're just an imposter. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I have to like do more, <laughs> more work on yeah. that because I guess, yeah, I guess maybe I do. I, I kind of, maybe I, maybe I'm accepting it. Um, too much that it's just always going to be there. No, I don't think it has to. We don't have to live like this. (laughs) I feel like there's a way out because I mean, obviously it's like peace and love and acceptance with ourselves for who we are. And what I'm realizing with the negative self-talk is it's just, it'll be about anything. Like it's not, yeah. Now, right now I'm judging myself about how I'm dealing with my breakup. And I think that I'm crushing work and crushing being a leader, but Probably when I heal for the breakup, I'll be like, all right, what can I talk negatively to myself about mm. now? Hmm. Brain yeah. will start looking for something and be like, oh, well, yeah, maybe you're not doing so good as a leader now, Sarah. Yeah, it's like muscle <laughs> memory, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You just find something, you need something to cling on to, 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 uh, to, you know, to balance out the, the fact that you've always had it there in some form. Yeah, like have you ever noticed with, say, worry or anxiety, like what I realized on my journey was that I was like worrying, ruminating on something, which I still do for sure, but it used to be a lot worse. And as soon as that situation would be resolved, my and that situation felt like so heavy and so difficult <laughs> yeah. and so challenging. And then somehow it would resolve and my brain would be like, right, we're now going to worry about this. And it would just start like worrying at the same pace about something that was there yesterday, but didn't cause concern. I normally give myself a couple of days break. And then I find something. <laughs> nah, not my brain. As soon as I wake up, it's like, oh, resolve that one yesterday. Here's another one for you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it is just, training your brain out of yeah. um, having to live in that kind of state, I suppose. And meditation has massively helped me with that anxiety and yeah. ruminating. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I've, from where I was as a teenager to where I am now, I've come a massive, massive distance. Mm. Um, so it's not like I'm, you know, the same person or in that same frame of mind. I, I got, I had the worst social anxiety as a teenager. So funny. I never knew that or would have known that oh, about I you. I got very good at hiding. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I've always seen you as like so confident. and Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those the situations where like fake it till you make it. I got mm. very good at pretending that I was comfortable in social situations because mm. I wanted it so badly. 
but even even occasionally it, it depends on the mood I'm in but if I walk into a crowded bar or anywhere like that anywhere with a big crowd and a bunch of people turn around and look mm. I get this instant like <sighs> what are they what are they looking at what are they, you know what are yeah. they thinking and it's just a throwback like it's this straight back to my my teen years and it you know I, it started with you know with my dad and and the soccer thing but that was like the, the the part thing was is soccer was my my whole life i wanted to play professionally i wanted to mm. and that's what i i didn't think i was ever going to do anything else so that like that brought my world crashing down when that didn't work out but uh, you've told me previously it didn't work out and you think you actually oh, i self sabotaged yeah. massively yeah 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 i just i just gave up because i had this stupid thought in my head that if if I'm not good enough now at, at 16, 17 years of age, which is ridiculous now that I think about it, uh, I'll never be good enough. Mm. Like, you know, there's this thing called practice. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I was, I was so scared of failure that I didn't even want to practice. I didn't want to like, I didn't want to try any more than any, like, well, yeah, it's like, if I don't put myself out there, then, then I've got an excuse. I've got an excuse. I, yeah. I honestly nearly, fell into that trap with the capital raise for grow my team for our company. And it's kind of been like a theme along this journey. Like I felt it one time, then I pushed through it and then I felt it again. And it was, I don't know, two weeks ago again, where I just was like, Oh, maybe I don't, maybe this is the wrong direction for me. Maybe I don't want to do it. And I created all these stories in my mind about how, no, no, no. It's actually not what I want to do. And I was like, once again, the brain, <laughs> it's just, it was just, just shit complete bullshit because <laughs> I don't know. I'd like got, I think it was like getting dengue fever when I was staying at your place. It kind of like just broke all my ment- momentum yeah. with work. And, and then does happen like that. It's, and then, it's yeah, like picking yeah. back up that momentum of where I was at with all my conversations and stuff. I started just being like, Oh, it felt overwhelming and it felt difficult again. And I started telling myself, I don't know, maybe I don't want to do it. But that was just bullshit. That's just the same thing. Like if yeah. I don't actually start. You're finding something to cling on to. Yeah. If I don't yeah. start, then I don't have to fail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could just turn around right now before anyone's committed anything and be like, oh, change my mind, everybody. Change my strategy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I found a better way. We don't, we don't want to do that anymore. And like, We're just going to keep working. How fucking stupid. Thank God the next <laughs> conversation I had, the investor was like, yeah, I'm in and the money's already in the bank. I'm like, all right, well, yeah. obviously yeah. it's what I'm meant to do and yeah, I just need to universe. get over myself. <laughs> we do. That's, that is the thing we have to get over our own bullshit because we create narratives and stories within our mind that you know guide us down the path that is <laughs> of le- least resistance when it's it's not the path we need to take no. time. so what's the big fear right now like what is what are those actual tell us the exact thoughts exact thoughts okay well you're getting a specific now yeah um because you're mainly guess, talking about work stuff right? yeah i guess it's um the the, the role that i'm in in grow my team like i feel like, am I justified? Have I had the experience to be justifiable in, in like guiding and recommending stuff to other people in their businesses? Yeah, because how many how many years did you run a company and uh, build a team? Only, only like ten. Years, only ten, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a short time. <laughs> I know, and it's fucking frustrating because like I know, I know, I my rational brain goes, you know what you're doing, don't be an idiot, and then my emotional brain, I think it's the amygdala is the emotional brain, isn't it? Uh, yes. Well, oh, that's like the fl- that's, fight or flight. That's yeah. the fight or flight one. That, that's uh, the uh, the reptilian. The reptilian brain, yeah. yeah. And that one has that little fucker. That one has a fair bit of say, unfortunately, in my life sometimes. Yeah. Um, that one's going. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and just sitting there, so like when I get, even if I get stuck on an idea sometimes, well, the, the, the sales processes that we're developing at the moment and all those things, if I get stuck on one idea for a second, when I'm not always, but when I'm in this frame of mind, my brain just goes off on those tangents and it's like, you can't do this. Yeah. You know? Rather than just being stuck on the idea and being yeah. like, okay, brain, like I'm stuck. What, <laughs> yeah, what, what could I do to promote creativity? This is exactly the same as me. It's like, well, obviously you're not good enough to mm. solve this. Obviously you're not. It's like the brain starts doing that versus just yeah. being like, okay, let's and put I it know, down for a minute or. I know if I just, yeah, step out of that and, and just like work through it, it comes to me. It always does. But I still, I still can't tell myself that rationally and logically and, and just do it to order. Like it, I have to really, really work hard at it. It's, it's so fucking frustrating. It really is. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not all the time, but you, you do get in these zones like I'm at now. And yeah. it's, it's, it's a daily sway. It's not just like a good week and then a good, I know. A good, a bad week. It's like, it's a bit it's like, a, it's every, like yeah. three good hours a day. <laughs> oh, oh, there it is. Negative self-talk back again. Oh, hey no. guys. I'm feeling exactly the same right now. Even though my words are probably not going to hit you as much as your brain hits you, I can <laughs> tell you, you have been a fucking asset to our team and you have incredible leadership skills and you've transformed our team internally, I feel, by having you and the way that you kind of assert yourself as a leader and... Also, I'm awesome and I only work with awesome people. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have you on the team if you weren't awesome, but yeah. I appreciate that very much. But <laughs> You're I still going to go sit I, over there. No, and like... <laughs> can I tell you where my mind goes? And this is, I've, I've never been able to accept compliments even very well. Oh. Because when you say that, I appreciate it, but I still go, that's nice. But you know, like it's probably, it's probably not all true. Oh, you think I'm just like trying to make you feel good? No, not even that. I just like. Oh, that I don't know that I think you're better than you are. Well, maybe, yeah. No, whatever, whatever I'm really clever. I can see you. You're awesome. Trust me. I just like, I instantly, when someone, when I can feel someone giving me a compliment, I, I recoil a little bit. Like I don't, obviously probably not physically to look at, but I can feel my brain going, like my eyes darting around going, this can't be for me. No, you do. Sometimes I give you a compliment and you just don't say anything. Yeah. I, I'm I, like, honestly, like I you can just be like, thanks. Yeah. I'm like, um, <laughs> like Garth in Wayne's world. And he's like, I'm he's probably like, not going to get this, <laughs> but say it anyway. No, that's, that's the other dude from the band. He's like, I love you, man. And he's like, I know. He's like, no, I love you, man. <laughs> he's like, just say, thank you. <laughs> Well, I um, always used to like reject the compliments, which mm. at least you don't do that. You just, I think I probably be, used be a to, bit quiet. yeah, I've gotten a bit better at not saying anything and just sort of going, change the subject. Now I really practice saying like, thank you so much for that. It makes me feel really nice. Like, and it does, it does give me some sort of hit, but I feel like it's not the full hits. Like, um, it's like, it's a little jab and then, I'm, then my, my evil my Homer, gremlin, the yeah. evil Homer voice goes. Yeah, yeah, that was that was just fake, you know. Oh, I think you're awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, let's change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this has been a very amazing conversation. Um, I can certainly feel um, myself wanting to work on this negative self-talk piece, and I swear to the universe, every conversation I have on this podcast is like something similar is happening for me that I'm like, yeah. 
And that's because every single day I want to try to get to the bottom of every fucking thing. But like yeah. an archaeologist for feelings. Oh, I, <laughs> I get it. See, that was a good analogy. You got that. Well done. Oh god, I don't beat myself up about not getting jokes, so that's good. No, no, you just Very ignore, you acknowledge it and move on. <laughs> try that in other areas of my life. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Is there anything that um, you want to wrap up with that this conversation has kind of any insights or any feelings of how you want to move forward? Um, I think it's probably made me realize that I actually probably do have some work to do. I, I kind of thought I had, and I, and I have come a long way, but you, you made me really actually think, shit, I actually need to really dig a bit deeper into this and start to work on how I can stop it happening so much and then have better, better coping mechanisms for when it does. Mm. Cause I don't, yeah, I, I, I obviously don't like I, I know what I need to do, but it takes me way too long to do it. I think with this, a lot of this stuff, it's really like feeling it. Like you're an intelligent person. You've done the work at that like intellectual level of understanding who your dad is and how these things are and how life is. And I think that is exactly what I did. And it got me so far but the work that I've had to do the last year and still um, is it's a lot more feeling work. And it's the work where like I sit with my friend, Jacqueline Santiago, who I'd love to get on the show one day, actually, who's in Bali, we'll get on a call and she does all this like emotional healing stuff. I actually did it at your place where I'll be like literally like crying and heaving and like yeah, getting out. stuff out. And it's, yeah, it's, it it, it's hard because you, have to go back to that little boy in the car and hear the fucking things again and just be like, and get yeah. into that body. And it's interesting. I actually, um, I, I talked to my mum about it multiple times, but recently, and um, she would tell me about it. And I actually had, I must've just completely regressed. I've mm. got this one, one singular image of it in the car that we used to have leaving the football ground mm. of just, and it's just an image. It's not even words, but there was like, I'm talking like every single game here, which was like 30 games every year from when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. So I must have really regressed it a lot because I really don't remember it. Mm. And I had mum had to like tell me for me to remind me that it happened. Yeah. And in my experience, it's been like going back to this one moment that was probably the first time that you felt it, that mm. it happened. And then it becomes like you normalize it. Mm. So that's probably why we don't always remember all the things because it just happened. It became a normal way of being yeah. the first time it happened was the time where it flipped your world upside down. And that's why we hold on to it. Like the first time that I felt abandoned was not when my dad walked out that just affirmed the feeling of abandonment. Yeah, that was, that was the, like the end, end result of a build-up. Yeah. Lots, lots of events. And that's what I'd been looking at for all the years. Been like, okay, so I've got daddy issues. I've got abandonment issues because <laughs> my dad left, blah, blah, blah. Like that sort of makes logical sense. And I remember the pain of that. Yeah. It, it sucked. But actually when I did some of this deep healing work, actually with another friend, Amanda Walker, um, who I also went and get on the show, <laughs> told me not my friends in, um, Amanda like took me through a process of going back to the very first time that I felt that abandonment wound and it was like some very strange memory with my mum where I was playing with a lighter in the back garden I was like I must have been like four or five years old like I was really little and I was playing with a lighter in the garden just thinking it was a toy and she came out to teach me a lesson and she brought me in the house and she had like a paper napkin and she lit the paper napkin she knew it would like light up quite a lot of flames mm. to show me how dangerous it was 
she accidentally dropped it and it burnt like a hole in the carpet. And then when my dad came home, he was really angry. And somehow I don't, obviously I was little, I don't remember the conversation, but I remember that it was all my fault Mm. that mum and dad were both angry at me, that mum had dobbed me into dad. That's how I felt. Mum, if you're listening, like, it's cool. Was, like, that, was that the reality? I don't know. You this don't is just know. all just, I remember. Memory, yeah. I don't, I've never even talked to mum about it. Like, I only discovered it recently, but I remember being crouched down in the garden, like feeling little and small and like my mind. parents, I, I don't know. It was the first moment that I'd ever felt I'm alone. Like my, my, my people who I thought looked after me, yeah. have just, I've just been dobbed into my dad and dad was always the one that we got in trouble with cause he was at work. And, yeah. and I was like, it was the first, it's my first memory anyway, that I discovered through this process that like I felt totally abandoned and that experience and then healing that little girl. And you know, it's kind of a weird process, but I'm into all no, that I, stuff. I actually, and, that funny when you were saying that it made me, it brought up a memory for me of, feeling the same and God knows what I was in trouble for, but (laughs) that stupid thing you probably do as a kid where you're like, (laughs) you want to, you want to believe that you're adopted. (laughs) Do you ever have that? Oh, I think I probably had a fantasy about it. I remember thinking I must be adopted because these guys don't love me. <laughs> when you're in I can trouble tell you by looking at your brothers and your mum and dad, you're definitely not adopted. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, when you when you said that, I know that exact feeling. Mm. Mm. So it seems that the work is to go back to those moments and embody them, and like go back to that five year old girl and cry and feel as that little boy and yeah. that little girl, and then almost like in your mind, like comfort and hold that person. And say, like what I say to myself is like, look, Sarah, at this fucking amazing life we're going to create for ourselves. Mm. It's, you're going to be doing all these things. You're going to be traveling. You're going to run companies. You're going to lead people. You're going to have amazing relationships and friendships. You're going to have so many friends everywhere. And it's just like, you're worthy. You're amazing. And there's so much ahead of you. Mm. And something really funny that's happened in my meditations that I was talking to my therapist about the other day. And she's like, Oh, that's probably a good sign. You've healed a lot of this stuff. I was feeling sad. And in my meditation about my breakup again, <laughs> everybody's like, I'm that's not the, listening to this, this fucking the, podcast. And the, her breakup. Heard of this. <laughs> anyway, I was feeling sad <laughs> about my breakup. No. And um, my, in my meditation, my little inner child actually came to me and sat on my lap and put her arms around my neck. I was the adult me crying. And she was like, it's going to be okay. And she like grabbed my face with her little hands and she had these wide eyes. She's like, look, look what we made. Look at our life. It's okay. And it was the fucking coolest experience. And I told my therapist, she's like, yes, yeah, sounds like you've done a lot of integration sounds of your, like need to get you committed. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> she's like closely monitoring you. Sarah. <laughs> we're getting, we're it's touch and go right now. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> a joke but it's sorry kind of true. Yeah, i couldn't help that i just slipping. we haven't had much time for jokes we've been getting pretty serious here. oh no i think we've been laughing it's pretty true though but yeah so it was a cool experience and mm. i feel like that seems to be the path for me anyway when i'm trying to figure out this stuff that's like from way way back it's like get yeah. back there and yeah that's um that definitely resonates and it's, it's probably something i need to do whether I guess, I guess, yeah, I need to look at who I do that with. I've got, I've got a, a psychologist back in Australia. I've got a good relationship with. He's amazing. Um, but maybe it is more he- inner healing stuff that, mm. that you've been doing. 
I try all the things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've the, done I've done so many things different things. It's interesting. I do in most parts of my life. I do try all the things, but I think the areas where I probably need to most, I uh, I very I tiptoe around it. And yeah, well, this do is the, the really that, hard that kind stuff. Kind of suit me to tell me what I want to know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think this is the this is the work, and it's a lot more difficult than potentially solving a business problem or yeah. And it's whatever. not the other side of it. I think we have to be um, cognizant of it is that it's not just you solve it and then it's done. Like it's always there at some level mm-hmm. and will become up or recur, recur or what in, you know, a whatever. deeper level or a different layer. A different or, layer, yeah. exactly. Manifest in different ways. So it's, it's never, it's never done. It's just, you get better at dealing with it and you, you know more about it. You learn more yeah. about it. Well, this has been amazing and we'll turn the podcast off now and just continue talking all night. (laughs) (laughs) This is your life, Liam. (laughs) You get to talk with me and analyze everything every day. Um, Hashtag feeling blessed. That's another one of your jokes. I get that one because you say it quite often. Um, Thank you everyone for joining us. It's been very, very fun and uh, we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcasts or sarahregalhooth.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregalhoop.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.